Every passionate follower of Jesus has a deep desire to share their faith with others. How do we make and multiply disciples around the block and around the world? How do we do it at a rate that can compete with population growth, a growing secular culture, and 40% of the world considered completely unreached? With hosts Doug Lucas of Team Expansion, Lee Wood of One Body Church, John Hirima of Big Life, Roger Shull of E3 Partners, and special guests from around the world, we'll explore how believers can come together to make more disciples. Welcome to the More Disciples Podcast. Welcome to the More Disciples Podcast. I'm Doug Lucas, and our normal host, Roger, was unable to be here for this particular recording. I want to introduce uh, first our uh, regular uh, interviewer, uh, Lee. Go ahead, Lee. Hey, everybody. And John Harima. Hey, everyone. Great to be here. And John, I wondered if you would introduce our guest, please. I would love to. Um, Benjamin is our guest today. He lives in South Asia. I actually met Benjamin back in the end of 2001, and he has become one of my favorite people in the entire world and just uh, a disciple maker extraordinaire. He has excelled in leadership development and just seeing movements started throughout uh, throughout the world, actually. So it's a... Uh, it's a joy for me to have uh, Benjamin join us today. I too know Benjamin and have gotten to interact with him um, on a on a different continent uh, besides South Asia and trained with one another. So the Bible says we know we've passed from death to life because we love one another. That's because of Jesus. So he is a beloved uh, brother and has a lot of uh, really interesting uh, things to share um, that crossed over geographical and ethno-linguistic barriers with regard to movement. And so I'm pretty excited to have him on the podcast too. But it's good to have you. Why don't you introduce yourself and kind of tell something about where you're working? Hi, Jim Masiki. I am working in South Asia. And uh, as John has already said, we met in And from this is the place we started. And the Lord has been taking us from strength to strength and from victory to victory and uh, has led us through a village to a state, state to a province, province to a country and from a country to a country and then from countries to continent. So God is good. So that's what I do. We'd love to hear more about how you got started in multiplication and movements. You know, one of the, one of the uh, questions that I'm asked always, how did you start multiplying? And, uh, you know, back in the day, uh, back in the day, I could not uh, actually explain this part. But as I look back and see all that God has done, there were three hallmarks three hallmarks of all this multiplication. One, I was just writing it down. You know, one was obedience. Amen. So one of the greatest things, two, was being relational. Three, was intentional. We went into a village thinking, man, this is going to start here and move on to the next place. And it's going to go through this guy, 
who's a carpenter, this guy who's a fish seller, this guy who is a farmer, this guy who's an electrician. I wish I could do better than that, but this is this is what it is. It actually sounds pretty simple, right? <laughs> I tell you. So, so, ben, you know, you, you always talk about how um, disciple-making movements is not a destination. Um, it's a it's a process. Uh, could, could you just explain a little bit more about that and just what that looks like in your daily life and and uh, how that's how that's been uh, reproduced in others that you pour into. That's right. I, I, I will start with the saying, you know, and uh, this really categorizes what, what I'm about to uh, share about this, is uh, if you want God to laugh, tell him your plans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and a lot of people think, you know, this whole disciple-making movement was this huge uh, Hullabaloo type, you know, the green, red, uh, yellow lights that came down. And uh, I mean, John, we walk this road. You can testify to that. It has been simple. It has been uh, a time of uh, when we could hear God. You know, because there is two things that you can't put disciple-making movements to. You can't put it to methodology because DMM is a system that militates against the system. If I can, you know, explain this, it's a methodology that militates against the methodology. And why I say that is because there is only one model in DMM and that model is the one who started DMM and that is none other than Jesus Christ. Because all he did when he was on this earth was to do disciple-making movements. Everything he did went towards that. And, and just to prove this point, I just want to say this. Supposing if Jesus died, he rose again, resurrection happened, and Jesus went back to heaven, and there were no disciples. I'm telling you, we won't be here. We this is true. Here. There was nobody to tell the story. So they got it right. So in John 17, in John 17, right, those 11 that he said he completed it with, he prayed that they might be one, that the world might know the Father has sent the Son. So we actually exist as those that are attempting to follow Jesus in what he modeled because they got it right. But I do think, Benjamin, that because of you said those three things, obedient, relational, and intentional, I know that you're doing these things from your own home with your family, that it starts there as followers of Jesus. And as we would say, that's your lifestyle, that you're doing those things. So I'd like to ask you a question about, um, because it will be helpful to people in other contexts. Because it's really quite simple. We're living that out as followers of Jesus, relationally, um, intentionally, as obedience, um, as Jesus as our King. But I know that you begin to do these things um, from a business. Like you left a business or you did that from a businessman. So I know that you understand Western context. 
while so many people in the United States, okay, are like methodology, like we follow like the opposite of what you're saying. Can you address that of how you did that thing and actually maybe I'm thinking in your answer, maybe help some Western people that are more methodology and try to approach movement as methodology. So could you tell your story, maybe a little bit of how you actually just started obeying as a business guy, relationally and intentionally with your wife? That's right. You know, um, there's two questions in this so-called methodology that people talk about. And that may be, that, that is one of the most effective methods uh, that I have followed for the last two decades as I've worked with my brother, John. And there is two questions. What is in the heart of God? And who is in the heart of God? It's a, it's a, if you really wanted a, the method, the method in this is the model. It's not knowing the pathway. It is knowing the way and the way. And the way is Jesus. And so two questions I've asked, even from a business point way, because I understood very earlier, because I've been, my last business was in banking and making people invest. And that's what I used to do. And uh, today also I do the same. I make people invest in eternity because only eternity will tell you because I say something, anybody can count the number of seeds in an apple. Only God can count the number of apples in a seed. And, uh, and, 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 and the thing is that when, when we are focused on the way, there is only two questions. What is in the heart of the one who called you and who is? And this cannot happen without hearing him in prayer. And this cannot happen without being obedient as we hear him. And sometimes it is the most simplest of things. Sometimes it will be more the most craziest of things. On any of these fronts, all you need to do is to show up. What I, mean, I found, what I found Benjamin, what I found is the more that we obey, um, and I think you have too, the more that we obey in the things that the, he says, the more that we hear and obey, the crazier things that he seems to ask of us. But that's <laughs> yeah. the way that the relationship deepens uh, with the with with the one that we follow. Go ahead, John. No, I was just going to say the exact same thing that uh, we all talk about obedience, but they're included with that is these incredible leaps of faith that we have to take that the Lord puts in front of us to show that we trust him. And I, and Benjamin has modeled that better than anybody I know. Uh, Benjamin has also modeled, you know, Lee, you mentioned it, the lifestyle, you know, it, when I, when I think of lifestyle, I picture Benjamin because every time I'm with him, he's got two or three guys around him that he's pouring into and then they go out and pour into others. So anyway, Ben, if you just want to talk a little bit about the lifestyle and maybe even some of those leaps yeah. of faith that the Lord's put in front of you. What does your life look like when you get up on a Monday morning? Oh, well, my life looks like people. <laughs> I have people all the time. And that's what John says. When I get up on Monday morning, you know, my what is my goal for the day? The goal for the day is to meet the people I need to walk with. 
the people that I'm doing life with. And why, as John has very uh, rightly put it, it's a lifestyle. And you know, lifestyle is made out of habits. You develop habits in a lifestyle. How do you say that you have a lifestyle? We get up in the morning and we don't have to read a book to say we need to brush our teeth. It's a lifestyle. It's a habit. And men do not decide their future. They decide the habits and the habits decide the future. And what Monday morning looks like is getting with guys that I'm doing life with and start radiating a habit, a habit of going out and doing some fishing trips, you know, just, just emulating Jesus. Jesus did fishing trips with his disciples. He had 50 plus outreaches during his time of the second phase in the nine months that he was, that he was teaching in the first 18 months. After the 18 months, he called them in the next nine months, he was actually going on fishing trips. And every day I have different kinds of fishing trips that might be just praying with people. Just my, that might be just visiting somebody that might be just sowing, sowing the seed. You know, I'll just tell you, there is a five transition. As I was thinking about this, there's five transitions in the 222 principle. There are five transitions. And I'll just read this out to you even as I go. And it says, you know, when in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, it is said, Paul is telling Timothy, you know, what I have given to you. That means you have Lord, the Lord who's given to Paul. Paul has given to Timothy. You pass it on to good men or as faithful men, that is the fourth, who will pass it on to other faithful men, that is the fifth transition. So you have the Lord, you have Paul, you have Timothy, you have faithful men, and then there are other faithful men. Five transitions in that whole one scripture. So let me, I don't want to interrupt you, but a couple of things here. If you notice, he is talking about following the model of Jesus. And then he actually used an illustration of a lifestyle being really um, doing the habits of like that being the key. And then he used a toothbrush example. So I think one of the things, one of the people that that are uh, have modeled these things so well for us is Curtis on an earlier podcast where he talked about people not understanding the tools. Well, a toothbrush is a tool for what? Dental hygiene. So your teeth don't fall out. So we understand that we eat with knife, fork, spoon, plates, and bowls. Knife, fork, spoon, plates, and bowls over and over again. We're habitually, but our nutrition is, those are tools for us to have proper nutrition. So the pursuit of those intentionally from the model of Jesus, the simplicity, simple obedience intentionally, what he first went back to saying But we, in a Western context, those men of Galilee that got it, that's where Jerusalem happened at. Jesus modeled it, and Ben has actually gone backward and seen what he was doing during during that time period to model for them. And basically, these aren't new ways. He's just saying, hey, just like Paul got from Jesus, I need to hear and obey Jesus and have a Timothy that has faithful men and others also. 
this is golden. People overcomplicate these things. Yeah, I, you know, I love one. We have a good friend that always talks about uh, you know movements like this and what Ben's doing as a lifestyle. And he says, you know, it's revolutionary because it's biblical. And, uh, you know, that kind of sets people back a little bit. But if we go back and model what Jesus did, it works. So. So do you think one of the differences, Ben, for you is that you are out with people in the lost and because you're out with people, things happen. Whereas so many of us think that we have to be in our offices, we're writing sermons, we're doing something technical, but you are just out with people. Is that part of what you think is the magic? Yes, I think, you know, because uh, there's a difference in uh, having a process versus uh, an event. Because sermons, and you know, I like to hear a good sermon, but sermons create spectators. Process creates partakers. So what would you rather have? Because then I have, I am a good, I am a good sermonator, or I'm speaking great, and there's nothing wrong with that. And but people will bring somebody and said, come and hear my pastor. That is centralizing, that is centralizing the gospel. When you centralize the gospel, you are saying that the gospel only comes from one particular stream or one particular delivery system. But when you are out there in a process and you're meeting people, you are making partakers who are understanding one thing. The gospel is coming through streams, the gospel is coming through rivers, and all of them come to the lowlands and make a delta. You know, I live very close to a delta. And delta, when the water from the streams and rivers come in, the rivers lose its identity. The streams lose its identity. But the delta becomes fertile. The delta becomes rich in minerals. The delta becomes a, a great place for productivity. And so that's what the ecosystem, the ecosystem of the delta emerges as the rivers are actually working with one another and don't even know it. So if you hear Doug, he'd be pro, a proponent of Ben wants to be a DJ, not a rock. <laughs> It's the same patterns and principles of all the rivers operating that way under our King Jesus. Like this, you know, you can tell why John and I are blessed by him, right? Another thing, Doug, is just to add to that. You know, when you do that, you are decentralizing. You're decentralizing because today what we are seeing, not I'm not going to talk about the West, of course, the West is uh, taught us this model, and we see that in South Asia too, that everybody want to, want to become a big speaker or a celebrity speaker. Now, I have nothing against that, but the problem is what happens with that when you centralize that, the people on the pews think, it is not my job. Right. <laughs> but when you decentralize that, everybody starts thinking, hey, I need to do this today. Right. And then what happens the next day? distributed leadership. Can you say something about the way this has played out in your ministry? Like, do you see 10 churches today? Do you see 20 groups? Do you see 20 leaders? What kind of, uh, how has God blessed this work? Doug, earlier, I started, earlier it will start with leaders. 
And actually, I won't say leaders, I'll say disciples, uh, people who serve, because that's what uh, uh, Jesus called Peter. He said, do you love me? He says, yes. Uh, Jesus says, feed my lambs. Feeding, feeding, you know, taking care of them is actually serving. We need more servants and disciples on the field. We need less leaders. Uh, so when we start discipling, I'll tell you one of the things that I started and John will tell you also that this has been our mode, modus operandi. Even when we started, we had two leaders. I started with two leaders, two guys in my home. So the, he, the, I had two guys who I was pouring my life into. And then I was eating with them, going out with them. And they started three to four, five groups. Then they were doing the same thing what I was doing with them. What they were doing is just reproducing what I was doing. And as they were doing that, those guys started reproducing. So what happened? First, we, first we reproduced a mindset. And the mindset was, let us have the mind of Christ. Let us do what Jesus did. Let us teach what Jesus taught. Very simple. The miracles of Christ, the stories of Christ, let's do that. And our guys thought, wow, this is simple. I can do this. <laughs> See, this is why DMM works, because there is two important things we teach them. Everywhere I go, I said, I start with this saying, what did you learn? I said, I've learned that anybody can do this. One. Two, I have learned to be out of God's way when he's on the move. The more I leave space for God, the more he works. So I had these guys, they started moving and they started reproducing. Who they reproduced was, they were reproducing themselves. And as they were reproducing themselves, see people, whenever we see a DMM, people think of numbers. Yes, we have tons of numbers. And I can tell you, Doug, almost every day, we are reproducing groups. If you say groups or fellowship or house churches, we are reproducing hundreds of them by the day. Hundreds of them by the day, even me not being involved in it. And why? Because when you are distributed leadership and decentralized it, if I am taken out, if I am taken out of the mix, tomorrow I have an accident or I'm not even here. And John and, you know, leave it tell you, we are all over the place and I'm not even here. Every time I come back, I'm seeing new leaders. Why? Wow. Because I'm not involved. I just started this and those guys are continuing to reproduce. It is wow, the same way in your garden and you're putting a seed. You don't dig up every day and look at the seed. That seed will not grow. <laughs> you put the seed, you leave it. <laughs> it will grow. <laughs> and this is, what, this is what we multiply people. People multiply people. And that's how groups come. We don't want to multiply groups. We multiply disciples. Benjamin, share a couple of stories just about, uh, you know, people that you've poured into and then released and continue to uh, pour into, but just the way that the Lord has used them to, you know, start movements, even in other parts of the world outside of South Asia, because you've been able to pour into them in, in different, That's different right. ways. That's right. I'll just, I'll just give you, uh, I'll just give you one here, one, one, one where I'm at, and then I'll give you something in South Asia too. One of the guys, uh, Actually, he was also a friend of John's and we had this guy called Ani. And Ani started with me and we started uh, disciple, discipling 
process and the discipling process actually started being relational. Then we were intentional. <laughs> we are trying to be obedient to the Lord. And then the fourth thing in the mix was missional. We had a mission to get to other people and start discipling them. And then he, he originally started with one group. Then he's 22 and five. And as he was going, what happened was, as he was making disciples, what he did was, he asked me to model it for him. I did a little bit. Then he said, okay, I'm going to do it. I said, okay, what do you need me to do? He said, just assist me in this. Show me if, if, if I'm going wrong somewhere or, or should I do this better? I started assisting him for a while. And then he said, okay, what, what am I supposed to do? I said, you continue to do it. I'll just watch you. I'm just going to watch you as you do. And if he needed some help, you would just call on to me and I'll just go there and help him in whatever he wanted me to serve. And then I left him. And leaving him means does not forgetting him, but I was out there at the back. Anytime he needed questions, he could always come up to me. You know, Oni today has six and a half thousand groups. Wow. Over, over 120,000 people in that movement. And not only has he been involved here, since he's involved with the cousins or the Muslim people or, or you know, uh, taking the gospel to the Muslim world. We have sent him from here to Europe. We sent him here to uh, England. And everywhere he goes, he can sit in a shop. And by the end of the day, the guy is receiving the word or he's praying. All of these things like, it looks like when he, whenever he sees a cousin, it's like his hand starts scratching. He wants, he wants to get with them. He wants to give them something. He wants to talk to them. Things like that. So that same that same thing Benjamin is talking about, Doug and John, I know that we get it, but for our audience that's watching and listening, all of that where it's even for them to get it. First you have to see it and hear it. That's the model, right? Then you have to assist. Then you can be in watch phase, like he's talking about with Ani, with many different leaders in many different places but they're all getting it. And those are those movement patterns and principles that Jesus prayed that passed on to the few that obey. So all those things that we've learned are pouring deeply into the few. Who did he say that he started with in his home? Two. And then from Ani, what happened that? You see those rivers coming together, everyone following those patterns and principles that are relational, not organizational first, as hearing and obeying King Jesus. But that training cycle, that's so very counterintuitive to people that are production-based first, not relational-based. So this whole thing that the that just like what Benjamin was talking about, those deltas, that the that the glory of God might cover the earth as the water covers the sea for the emergence of that global delta that Jesus prays for, that we might all dwell together in perfect unity, that the world might know the Father sent the sea, so sent the Son. So Benjamin actually uses the word fractals that we talk about. That's that those multiplying fractals that are those ecosystems that are multiplying through Ani and leaders and leaders being reproduced. But what he said also, we need more servants. Actually, Jesus said those servants are the leaders because we can't abdicate leadership, but we model that from the bottom up. 
from simplicity, mm-hmm. you see that emerge. So I think it's interesting that you that you see it here on this podcast, like it's the same thing there in South Asia. It's the same thing in Europe. OK, that same basic DNA of those three things that he shared is what Jesus prayed for. And this is the way that we go about it with one another and why I'm so grateful um, for the simplicity of the illustrations that my brothers use inside of the inside. You know, uh, you know, Benjamin, what I think we see in you is this ability to go out among the lost. Do you ever feel persecuted? Do they ever seem antagonistic towards you? Absolutely. I've, I've had many situations where uh, almost beaten up, almost, you know, yeah, baptism, baptism, baptism is a, a huge celebration uh, in a Western church. But uh, baptism here calls for a riot. I remember one of my first baptisms in uh, Bangladesh. They had to uh, uh, take me off from the back back door and through a field outside because uh, uh, our main leader there, who again, you know, getting to what he said, came out of a relationship with Oni. A relationship with this guy, and now and now he's there, and that's our biggest uh, one of our first countries we went to uh, is uh, which is a total Muslim country, and and the gospel went out so effectively, and when we are having baptism there, uh, there's persecution. I've had different times uh, stuck in borders in Bhutan or borders in Cambodia, Vietnam. Once again, uh, we have a guy in Cambodia. He was a Bible teacher. He's a Bible teacher in a Bible college. But one, one, one evening, he met up with us in a home group. And he said, man, I've always taught this, but never did this. I just want to do this. So I said, all right, you're welcome, bro. Come. The next day, we met him, spoke to him. The next time, he told me, hey, I've got four groups. Now he has 400. And then he got to another guy who was in a prison for 13 years in Vietnam were preaching God's word. And then what happened in that prison was because every day somebody was coming to know the Lord, the jailer, uh, the, the, the prison, uh, the, 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 the guards and all that, they had to give him a certificate. And the certificate was license to preach. He says, go anywhere and preach, just don't be in prison. So after 13 years, this guy gets out and he says, where do I preach? Only in Hanoi, in my region? He says, no, 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 all Vietnam. Just go ahead. So one guy who was in a Bible college had so many relationships that he himself did not know. And that's what I have actually, uh, uh, my mind opens up to this, a world of possibilities, because a guy who's being discipling has no idea what his boundaries are. Yes, I want to follow one question before John, because we got to work coming to the end of it, but can you briefly, um, in the West, like, um, signs and wonders, like in obedience to Jesus, can you just, just briefly talk about maybe a story or two of how that signs and wonders God uses those to see people come to faith because we're obeying those commandments to do that stuff as well, as well, and how that actually works in South Asia to see to actually catalyze into further movement, brother. All right, uh, let me see. I could I could go on and on with signs and wonders. 
but I was just uh, looking at my uh, thing for a picture because I like to show you guys a picture. There's a picture of this guy in the center. You see this center. This guy was a lunatic or we would say he's a madman. He was in this, they used to tie him up with chains. And why I'm saying that because I'm excited. I just met him two days back. So this is fresh on my mind. And he he's with his mother. They traveled, they traveled, I mean, through a boat about two hours to come and meet me to tell their story. Why? Because he used to be tied up by chain. He he had to pass, he has to, he has to do toilet or anything, all of that in that room because they couldn't tell, let him out. When our people got to the village to share. People say, stop. If your God is alive, come and meet this guy and pray for him. And if your God can touch him, we will listen to you. And this didn't happen like a long time ago. I'm just talking about the month of December, where we, where we were able to share with 60,000 people in that month. So our people go on there, and this is no big leader. He's just another disciple. He just goes there. He prays for this guy. By the end of that day, the guy starts showing signs of something is happening. He starts, he starts talking. He, he used to talk gibberish. He starts talking and asking, he's asking for water. By the next day, in two days time, he's eating, he's bathed, he's all of that. And now he's already reading the word. And through that, seven new villages have come to know about the Lord and now they are asking us to come to the whole region and who is the main preacher? This boy. Amen. Praise the Lord. Wow. Yeah, there's something about that in the Bible. So yeah. he needs to find ten, uh, 10 areas. You you see? You, you see what I'm saying? So, 10 so, villages. He's up to yeah. 7. Praise yeah, he needs 3 more. So. <laughs> hey, uh, Ben, I, you've been doing this for 20 years and um, you know, you've seen movements started, you've seen tens of thousands of groups started and people running to Jesus. And I mean, you've seen his name shouted from the rooftops and all these different areas around the world. What's the number one lesson in 20 years? What's the one thing that if you could just share with everybody that's listening and watching this is that you would say, I wish I had known this earlier, or I wish I had believed this earlier or took the sleep of faith earlier. What would that be? One, one of the, one of the most important things that I've learned over the years that, and I try to share this everywhere I go uh, to encourage people is that anybody can do this. Amen. If they are crazy enough, one, to obey the Lord Jesus Christ, to walk on its footsteps and have the heart of the Lord. Why? Because we need to ask him who is in his heart. Uh, who do we need to go to? And in the last 20 years, I have disobeyed the Lord. I can, you know, openly, you know, confess that many times I wanted to do a strategy. But the methodology doesn't work till you find the model, till you follow the model and having the habit of Jesus. Because one thing we have learned here. Anybody can do this if we follow, obey, and go. Yeah. And if we could do that, 
I have seen this again and again, John, going to Europe. We just needed to find one guy. And now they are doing groups. I just find one guy in Cambodia, 400 groups. One guy in Vietnam, 300 groups. One guy, one guy in Thailand, hundreds of groups. One guy, one guy. <laughs> one guy, one guy who's crazy enough, John, says, I will do what Amen. the Lord has wow. asked me to do. Amen. Benjamin, we are so grateful that you've been able to spend this time with us today. Uh, we're inspired by the way you've helped us understand. It really just boils down to doing those simple things that Jesus taught us to do and that he modeled for us. I wonder, John, if we could ask you to pray for Benjamin Amen. and especially pray that God will continue to put God's hand on him and keep him safe, but help him to be courageous. Amen. Father, I, uh, I praise you for my brother. Lord, uh, seeing what you have done uh, in him and through him, Lord, these last two decades has just been amazing and and just uh, heartwarming, Lord, that uh, you can take anybody, Lord, and just uh, make yourself known to the nations. Lord, I, I praise you for Ben's lifestyle. Lord, I, I see it all over him, Lord, the people that he pours into, even his own family, Lord, who's making an incredible impact, Lord, uh, his, his wife and his daughter, Lord, just throughout the nations as well, Lord. We praise you that uh, Ben has heard from you, Lord, and he took those steps of faith. Lord, he took, uh, he took a huge leap of faith to, to leave comfort, to uh, pursue DMM, Lord, and I, I praise you for the way that you have blessed those efforts. Lord, continue to go ahead of him, continue to give him people to pour into, to make new leaders who make new leaders who make new leaders, and to see your name shine from the rooftops. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, thanks love again, you, Thank you. We'll see you on the next uh, More Disciples podcast. Amen. How are you making more disciples? What problems have you encountered? What successes have you celebrated? What questions do you have? Share your stories with us by visiting moredisciples.com contact. If you're looking for next steps on growing your ability to make and multiply disciples, visit moredisciples.com to find resources, tools, and events all designed to help you make more disciples.